Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Betfair's Racing Only Better podcast. Nice weekend of sport ahead, boys. I've got Daryl Carter with me, I've got Dan Barber with me, and I've got Kevin Blake with me, as per usual on Racing Only Better. Team back together. Daryl is now a married man. Has your life changed, Daryl? Has your name Sorry, changed, ladies. Sorry, ladies, this one's off the market. <laughs> <laughs> no, Vanessa, it was, it was wild. Vegas was Heart, wild. Heartbreak, a proper eye opener. A heartbreak out there hearing that for our two female listeners. They'll just. <laughs> <laughs> My mum. Oh, is your mum, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, you're all in good form, Daryl. Yeah, newly married man. Yeah, happily, happy, 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 uh, happy to be back. Back to normality. Okay, well, we got to kick on with a bit of normality. Dan and Kevin, no niceties for you. Um, we have Ascot, Newmarket and Redcar. Lovely little Saturday betting heat for us. And before we go any further, don't forget Betfair offers this weekend. You get a completely free bet this weekend. But you have to opt in and you have to do it responsibly and you must read the T's and C's. There's also the standard multiple offer of bet five on horse racing multiples and get a free bet. But again, T's and C's, responsibility, you know the drill by now. Uh, Boys, we will start with Ascot, I think. And Dan, I'm going to kick off with you with the 150 at Ascot. It is the Ruse Stakes. And at the moment, and we have Emma Artiana up at the top of the betting. Uh, seven-year-old now, 15 to 8 for the Kevin Ryan yard. Corker in there for Carl Burke at 11 to 4. Nymphadora, 11 to, to 11 to 2. Rage of oh. Bambi, one of the three-year-olds in there, 11 to 2 as well. Chipstead, oh, I've been disappointed by him this season. And they clearly have two because they've reached for the cheap pieces, the Roger Teal yard. He's around the 12 to 1 mark. Those are just the top few bigger prices after that. And it's over to you, Dan. Yeah, I'll try and nutshell this. I think it's a attempting puzzle. I would think that's saying in a nutshell, like what size of nuts we're looking at. I'll say it's a pistachio. I'll be very brief, right? Um, we've got Emiratiana, who's the grade one winner amongst them. Group one winner, Haydock Sprint Cup. Probably isn't the same force this time around. Bear in mind, second in a Breeders' Cup as well. Um but I thought it was in the firing line a fair way out before being picked off by Comanche Falls at York. So I thought you could maybe give more positives to him on the back of that. You've got Corker, who's got Ascot written all over him for me with the stiff finish, the way he races. Um, broke my heart when he got chinned at Sandown when he looked all over the winner. But he then put it together despite missing the break as ever. I mean, this is one track of Shaquille showed where a missed break needn't hamstring you, need it. it, it that races can still collapse. And then you've got the unknown of Zudu Spirit at the bottom. So fascinating puzzle. But as a result, I don't have an especially strong view. My belief that Corker will be well suited by a return to Ascot um, is enough to maybe think he's the way I'll go. But I just found this quite a fascinating race. And as a result, hard to be really strong on anything. All right, Dan, do you find it as intriguing? Um, Sorry, Daryl, do you find it as intriguing as Dan? Uh, yes and no. I think Emiratiana is a, a bloody good price at the moment. I can see plenty of two to one on the exchange. So I wouldn't take 15 to eight. I'd hold off for a little bit because you're probably going to get around nine to four, I think. Um, but I, I, I've just always thought a, a stiff five furlongs is what this horse wanted. I think she, he, she, I always called it. I uh, know I do that. Everyone yeah, yeah. always. I always think that, that every year when, when he runs well at York over six, they just persist with six furlongs. And I just, I've always thought 
this horse wants a stiff five. Um, but the, the nature of York being such a flat, fast track, I think it makes it look like six is okay. You see in the Breeders' Cup, five and a half furlongs is, is absolutely spot on. But outside of Group 1 company, one three one, two wins and a third. Um, oh, yes. Like, which is, we have four figures missed that. But um, I'm pretty consistent over five furlongs, including in Group 1 company. I think placed four times. Um, so I think this is far easier. I think coming back to five is at a stiff track like Ascot is, is spot on. The ground's going to be drying all the time for him. I just think you're going to get about five to two, nine to four, perhaps. And uh, I just think that's a bet you, you can't ignore. The Ascot okay. thing troubled me a bit as to why. Yeah, I sort of agree yeah. with that. In my head, I think of him, yeah, perfect. And then I looked at the two Ascot runs, and maybe he was just outclassed. But yeah, just... do you think, do you think, what, they were both in the Jubilee, weren't they? One came yeah. after wind surgery. Um, which seemed to work the second time, um, albeit that was when he went to York. And the other one, I thought he ran well for a long way and just 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 died really. In the was, last that in the was that in the Platy Was that in the Platy Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jubes. Like it was still, it was still, they were still good efforts um, mm. in that in that sort of company. And obviously, there's nothing. I think he might get a soft lead out in front as well. I'll start talking, let Kev have a go. But I think I think Emiratian is a great prize. Okay, so Emma Artiana then, Kev, for Daryl, uh, with the class drop and the trip drop angle at 15 to 8. You're rubbing your hands together like you're going to disagree, I'm going to say. You know, my good wife's just trapped me in a Nutella biscuit. That's why I'm rubbing my hands. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, I'm not disagreeing. Emma Artiana. A um, couple of like really interesting kind of layer of play of faves. Um, that we're going to cover today. Uh, and I thought he was one of the better favourites. Um, just to sweep up the lads in a highly professional, typical manner. A former winner of the Best Fair Sprint Cup. Former runner-up in the Best Fair Sprint Cup. With a record of five furlongs that reads 1, 8, 3, 1, 2, 4, 3. And that 8, Vanessa, that, that outlying 8 was in the non-torque when he was on the completely wrong side. So it was eminently forgivable for Emiratiana. And uh, I agree with Daryl. I think this is um, his best trip. Step five, um, I think, is going to suit him really well. Um, the Ascus form figures are, I'm going to hope and speculate, a bit of an aberration. Um, uh, you know, a, a, um, nothing consequential in it. And I thought he, his two runs, his two most recent runs have been very solid. And given he gets into this race um, unpenalised, unlike one of his main rivals, Nymphadora, I'm hoping that he can stamp his um, his abundant class in this field because he is simply a significantly better horse than all of his rivals. OK, well, let's stick with you then, Kev, for the next race, the Cumberland Lodge Stakes. Um, if we're playing the lay or play game, then what are you saying about Al Arzi, who's your 11-8 to favourite? Um, obviously, he's won here before over the track and the trip for the William Haggis Yard. Isra is next best in the same colours, but for the Jonathan Thady Gosden Yard, he is seven to two. Al Karim is in there for Carl Burke again at four to one. Postilio in there at a bigger price, nines, bigger prices after that. But are you playing or are you laying Al Azi? I'm inclined to take him on. Inclined to take him on. Um, Thought he was short enough, um, likely to be overbet, um, because he was, in fairness, um, you know, he pretty should have won at Leopardstown last time, really. Um, not Jim Crowley's finest hour, to put it mildly. If Tony Calvin was here, he'd be calling for hangings and other various types <laughs> of public public executions for his old pal Jim. But um, look, not the easiest horse as we know, but what probably should have won was too far out of his ground that day. 
um, failed to run down Adelaide River only just who had made the running and and you have to respect a very talented horse but um, carries a penalty here and is up against uh, a number of horses of, of pretty similar ability so his price makes me reluctant to side with him which one do you take him on with I sided with Al Karim who put a couple of um, uh, well moderate enough runs I suppose um, in Saudi and in Dubai, behind him, he seemingly came back a sick horse. He got some sort of travel sickness on the way home from Dubai that laid him low for a while, um, but made a winning return. Fair play to Carol Burke, etc. Um, got him back from that and beat Blue Stocking, who is a smart, smart three-year-old filly, as we know. Um, one would hope he'd come on from that. Um, and you you know, you could say that was a career best effort. Um, I know he's won a group two before, but it wasn't a... Wasn't the strongest of affairs and last time might well have been a stronger piece of form. So look, if he can repeat that or do a little bit better, um, I think he might just give Al-Azi plenty to think about. Al-Kareem for me. Okay, Al-Kareem for Kev then. Daryl, over to you. Are you with or against the favourite? I'm with him, actually. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm with him. I don't... I don't... I'm not like I'm like Kev. I don't. I'm not a massive fan of the price. I wouldn't go steaming in, but I do think he's the best horse in the race. I thought giving trying to give ten pounds to Adelaide River last time at Leopardstown. I thought it was a big, big effort. He was obviously caught well off the pace. Obviously, as Kev mentioned, Jim Crowley wasn't quick to to sort of get in a better position. Uh, but it is difficult to come off from off the pace at Leopardstown, and I just I just think he's going the right way. He finished with plenty of running that left there. I do think this is his trip as opposed to the 10 that, they, that he won over the, the twice previous. He's won at the course. For me, I think his rating insults him a little bit. 113. If, if you look at that bare form of trying to give a 115 three-year-old out to play River 10 pounds and being beaten unluckily half a length, you could argue he should be rated higher. Um, Adelaide River was actually dropped a pound for that effort, but um, I, I, I'm with him. I, I just think he'll get a good setup here. I think Al Kareem will go forward. I just think things will just work out well for him in this race. And I think he's the classiest horse in the race. I, I respect Isra as well. I thought it was weird to run him at, at Kempton in that September stakes. That's normally a race that John Gosden uses for a prep run for something, whether it be the Ark or or something else. But he was abysmal there. And I wouldn't be too quick. The time was good the time before when he beat Adiar at Newmarket. But I, just obviously that form is just a little bit shaky. Adiar retired immediately after that. I, just got questions surrounding him at the moment, his well-being, I guess. But um, al is the one for me. All right. Um, Dan, do you agree that Al-Azi is, is the classiest individual in this race against Israel, who's rated 115? Well, just checking here, we haven't got quite enough of the market taken out here. That's two mentioned. I'm going to mention two more of the eight-runner field. Oh, um, yes. wondering if Gozza's got something of a... Not a hold on this race, admittedly, because Al-Azi probably is marginally the best horse. But like Daryl, I agree that Israel's a, a big runner... It was all-weather debut. Prior to that, he really looked like he was going place. And the run, actually, that impressed me most about him was the day when we were on that Quickthorn train and Israel loomed up, looked like he might peg us back. I thought it was a massive effort in defeat, understandably, over that trip and with Quickthorn being such a dogged battler, he couldn't quite sustain the effort and was was fended off. But it was a massive running defeat. I just thought it was a big improver prior to that. But then what do we make? And I'm happy to open this to the floor. What do we make of this other Gosden horse, Fortino, who blew out in a day where there was significant kickback on the synthetics on that really hot day? Hasn't been seen since, only a month or so. But now the pieces go on. This was, I think Kev was telling us last time, wasn't he? He was basically the Don of Chile, this fella. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I, I was at Valparaiso Sporting Club uh, when he won <laughs> uh, his, his most recent Group 1 back in February. <laughs> It was a, a massive day, brilliant day. Um, always put on a great show in Chitty and pretty much made the run on that day and bolted up. Yeah, definitely the one of the best horses to come out of Chitty in recent years. Um, and in all seriousness, the fact that, in fairness, that he went off um, 10 to 1 in that race at Kempton was quite interesting because, look, um, not everyone is like me and follows the Chilean form really closely. So <laughs> most, mo- most people were flying a bit blind. And were, Do you prefer were the Arabian be- stuff, Kev, or the Chilean after last week? You know? Oh, it's tough now. It's, it's tough now. <laughs> Al Gadir is very close to my heart. Um, you know, it's, it's good to have eclectic interest down there. I can never be accused of, um, of being one-eyed for racing. I like all type of four-legged racing animals, <laughs> no matter what country they race in. Um, but he went off 10 to 1 which is quite interesting because like, mm-hmm. I'd imagine if um, if you'd been setting the, the speculative spread of what price he might go off I suspect most people would have thought he would have went off um, much bigger and he clearly was below himself but like you say there was, there was some mitigation there and um, it, it's fascinating like very 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 um, unusual profile um, and yeah, hopefully it shows up a bit better for them here. Um, now, could I could I go with him personally? No, but uh, I don't know if you are either. But um, the cheek pieces on um, will hopefully bring about a more positive performance. Yeah, I was more thinking just a small save to keep him on side. Ju- you know, just the just in case factor because he could be a lot better than he All right, uh, let's kick on. Ben Goff stakes next. Back down to the sprint trips at Ascot in the three o'clock. Um, it's the group three and Comanche Falls been in such good form this season. He's the 11 to four market leader in here, taking on one of his old rivals from McAppleby's Yard, but also taking on Anna from McAppleby's Yard, who's nine to two next best in the market. And then further down the market, you've got the likes of Dark Trooper, who's on a five timer is as big as price as seven to one. One of the old favorites in their happy romance at tens, rum star in there. But then even further down, Jumbie for Eve Johnson Horton at 16s and the dream for Charlie Fellows is on the outsiders also at 16s, probably not going to get her ground. But there's some old favorites in here, Dan. I'll come to you first here. Um, and I suppose when you're talking about old favorites, none more so than Comanche Falls really at the top of the market. Yeah, I think the difficulty in this race is where's the where's the speed coming from? Um, we saw him burst. I mean, he's been an absolute smasher this horse. Progressed through the handicap ranks, touched off off a mark of one hundred and nine. I think in a Stewards Cup, his last run in a handicap. So he was a top notch handicapper who has made the jump forward. He's not a Group One sprinter by any means, but he showed again that he's a really good quality low level pattern horse at York when he burst through between rivals. That was the Emiratiana race where. He was only third, so we'll have an early clue potentially as to the whether that gets a, a nudge earlier in the day for Comanche Falls. I think all things being equal, he is the best horse, and I think Ascot should suit him very well, but I just don't know where the, the pace is coming from. Will they go forward with Garris from 10 for a change? Juan Lapan's made it in the past, but I don't think that's how they really want to ride him, and I wonder if they missed his chance when they didn't run him in the Portland because of the ground. And then you've got Dark Trooper, who... You can't not mention the historic treble that he achieved. I mean, Corto <laughs> Star, you can you can, keep, you can keep your King George's, but when you're going racing league Sunday series Shergar Cup, you really are one in a million. I'd, <laughs> I'd be slightly concerned though with him. He's had a month off now, and he was absolutely rampant at the time. So I find this a hard race. 
my guess up eight, my guess up to some extent, because tactically it's so confusing, they might press on with Garrus from stall 10 and try and make more use of him. And he is essentially, I mean, he won the Palace House, didn't he? He's developed into a low-level, established, graded group performer himself. And I do think he's less tactically reliant on a strong pace than Comanche Falls. Okay, Garris is currently 13-2 to for the Charlie Hills yard. Uh, Daryl, we'll head over to you here. Are you looking away from the favourite as well, despite the fact you can give him the respect he deserves? Yeah, and for the reasons that Dan's mentioned, really, I have no idea where the pace is going to come from. So it's... And a lot of these want want a good clip to aim at, I, including Jumby. I just I just went I landed on Jumby just because I think he's overpriced. I just think I think if you go back to the start of the season when he ran um, fifth to Garris in the Arbonant Stakes, he lost yeah, so much ground at the start. He travelled really strongly and he wasn't overly hardly pushed in the finish. Uh, he was behind Comanche Falls then, but he was making his seasonal return. Look, he's been obviously disappointing but I think he's got an excuse last time at Doncaster obviously he doesn't want soft ground I don't think he likes York at all he bombed out there last year that was his run prior to that and two left defeat of audience previous to that at uh, at Newmarket I don't think it warrants him to be a 16 to 1 shot so perhaps those last two runs weren't his true running Uh, a stiff six here Ascot might well should be okay for him given his profile and you know, we know he can bounce back and put in a very decent performance. So I would take a chance, given that there's no pace in the race. It's a muddling affair. I would try and take a chance at something like Jumby bouncing back. OK, a bit of faith in Jumby then. As he said, as Daryl said, 16 to 1 currently. Jumby with Betfair on the sports book. Final word to you, Kev, for this. Yeah, bold lads have mentioned the the most significant on paper factor in this race and its lack of pace and that much of many of the fancied ones would like um, certainly an even pace or an even better one. So I'm thinking the same way as Daniel in that Garris, I think is the one that if he's, even if he's not making the running, he's going to be prominent and he'll be, he'll be in the right spot. Um, a little bit below himself at Haydock last time, but I'm not going to knock him too much for that. Um, if he bounces back to his previous seasonal efforts, um, he'll set a bit of a bar for these. And if he's positionally um, advantaged as well, um, that'll hopefully add up into a very good run. All right. On we go then to the big race of the day at Ascot. Arguably the biggest race on ITV Racing. It is the Howden Challenge Cup <laughs> and it's paying the five places. And we get a very competitive field. 18 runners going to post for plenty of prize money with an excellent sponsor in Team Howden. <laughs> and... <laughs> How many of your wages are going into this 180 grand, Vanessa? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go through the betting. Baradar for the Bowie team is top price along with Potmaster. They are both five to one. Potmaster got his listed win when we last saw him at Newbury to the surprise of many, but he got it. They are both five to one at the top of the market. Fresh has done it here before. Jack Mitchell the saddle is sixes. And then Quinault. Quinault going mm. for, what is it, a seventh, eighth handicap win? I feel like I've just completely run out of the numbers for Quinault, but he's had this extraordinary season and he comes here in fine form, climbing up the handicap ranks. That is just the top four in the betting. Daryl, I did I say I was starting with you, Daryl? I'll start with you for this. Paying yeah. the five places, give us a winner and something to fill the places maybe? Well, I'm hoping Escobar could do both. <laughs> um, uh, 
great. Yeah, like the cheek beast is the first time that they put on today. Uh, slightly, I slightly question that a little bit, but um, he's actually got David Amara's got a good record putting cheek beast on 22% stroke rate of individual runners, 25% with this tongue tie and cheek beast combination. Now, he has worn cheek beast before earlier in his career but not with this combination. That's why it says for the first time. But he won this race last year off 107. He's down to 94. Um, they've had exactly the same prep. Last year, he ran in the Air Gold Cup, finished off his race strongly, uh, and then came here and won this. Did the same this year. He has threatened a couple of times, Escobar, throughout the season, but he's just not quite put it all together. And um, he's drawn well. He, for me, I didn't feel like a lot of these at the top of the market, they may have done their winning for the season. They've reached ratings where you're kind of questioning whether they can defy that and for me Escobar has been coming down the weights but last time in the Air Gold Cup I thought it was a cracking run he was only beaten three lengths he was held up off a you know he could have done with a much stronger pace over that trip obviously came steaming home with bloody Albershire and uh, I, <laughs> I just feel that this could be the day that they've been targeting at and he could put it all together Okay uh, Kev didn't you tip up Escobar last time out? Oh, I'd say you're thinking of the grey colour. Yeah, it's so easy the to same, confuse those two. The same colours. I am sorry. <laughs> same sorry. running style. They're the same horse, but you're right. Thank you. Yeah, they are the same horse. Correct. Uh, but no, Kev, we'll come to you then next for this well-sponsored Howden Challenge Cup. <laughs> well-sponsored. <laughs> it's well-sponsored. You just went off street. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, geez, I struggle with this a bit now. Um, struggle with this a bit. Like, Fresh is the one I wanted to go with, but it, 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 I was hoping he might be as bigger price than he is. Um, look, he's, he's been expensive to follow this season, um, but he's shaped well a heap of times. And he's one of those, like, typically this type of race. You know what's going to happen at some stage. But um, it's where, you, it's where you, you, you run out of patience on the journey to get there. Is the question mark? Um, it was over this course and distance that he really boomed. Um, last season, his last win was off a mark of one or two. He's down to ninety nine, but it's not really about kind of pounds and ounces with him. It's just about him getting a kind run. And look, I think the stiff seven is what probably brings the best out of him here. Um, he, he shaped really well again at the car last time in in a race that's already thrown up um plenty of notable subsequent performances. Um, so look, I'm going to side with him. I'm hoping he might go off a little bit bigger on the day. Um, he, I'm, I, he's probably a little bit conservatively priced there because he probably, you know, half reshaping the way he did last time. But hopefully in the fullness of time, he'll end up slightly bigger. Uh, but fresh is the selection. Okay, fresh the selection then. Um, oh, I've had a mind blank here for this Howden Challenge Cup. I forgot that? the name. <laughs> no, I, did, I didn't forget the name. Daryl, last one. Last word to you on that. No, can Dan, I, sorry, I sorry, Dan, Dan. Jesus. If I was called Howden or David, you remember, wouldn't you? You know um, what, I was just thinking about David Howden and what a wonderful boss. Five. <laughs> 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 um, what's happened to Biggles since he made the Bunbury Cup look like a selling handicap? I mean, he's he's lost the plot, hasn't he? But I'm with Kev. Above oh, uh, and I do think there is a, a glorious thing to see those form figures of Quinnell on a race card. It just looks crazy, doesn't it, for a handicapper? It's some Mark Prescott stuff. To see seven of his last um, runs have been wins. I think one, star one cause a potential problem for him, though. He's going to have to work forward, get across. He could get a bit isolated. I'm I'm massive with Fresh. He, he got beaten four lengths and finished six, but I, 
I insist he was one of the unluckiest losers of the season at the Curra. He basically finished on the bridle. He did not get any gaps. Three or four of them tried the same run. That race, that race can be a bit like that, can't it? But you've got that Ascot form. I know he blew out in this race last season, but as Kev said, he arrived on the back of two massive efforts, winning in similar company here. This is his bread and butter. This pace across the track, because you've got Lethal Levi, will hopefully do what Quinault does on the other side. And yeah, I'm 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 definitely with Fresh. I, like Kev, I don't mind the price, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him go off fours nine to two. I think Ooh. I think once that seeps back into the consciousness, just how unlucky he was at the Curra, people will be with him, and they are Scott records the icing on the cake. All right, two votes for Fresh then in the Howden Challenge Cup, paying five places. That is Ascot done and dusted. Daryl, let us head over to Newmarket and we will kick off with the first race at Newmarket on Saturday. It's over the 10 furlongs. It's the Premier Phillies handicap and the market is leaning towards potential rather than proven ability with whispering words. The Charlie Appleby filly in here making a handicap debut. You're 15 to 8 favourite. Red Danielle is in there at 5 to 1. Bigger prices after that, the likes of Totnes at 9 to 1, who's had plenty of mentions on this Racy Only Better show in the past for the Andrew Balding team. But as I say, the market, Daryl, leaning towards the potential. How much potential does Whispering Words have off a market of 88? Yeah, she's got a good deal of potential. Um, she's definitely going to improve for the step up and trip. Uh, the last two times we've seen her at Kempton at Newmarket, her best furlong's been the last furlong. She doesn't do things very quickly. That's that's the uh, the only thing where she's not really got a big burst of speed. And once she gets going, though, you know she can pick up. It, it, it's hard. It's very difficult to sort of oppose her. It's very difficult to back her because. Mm-hmm. You know, the bare form will tell you that she's got a bit of find with a few of these. So, and off a mark of 88. So, it's it's pretty difficult. I ended up looking away. It's 15 to 8. It's not for me that she can go and win at that price, uh, that price for me. Um, I was with Queen Regent. I thought it was a bit of a non-event at Salisbury last time. Um, I thought Oshin Murphy gave her a bit of a shocker of a ride. He had a terrible day, actually, at Salisbury that day. He trapped her in against the rail. She had nowhere to go. She was hampered and she just was eased off and came home in her own time. But I thought she still had running left. If you look back at her previous efforts on the all weather, she just takes, she's another one, just takes a minute to get going. But once she does, she really finds for pressure. She tried to chase home value added at Wolverhampton the time before. She was caught well off the pace in a, in a race that turned into a sprint off the home turn. She's the only horse to be able to come out of the pack and try and chase her down. And she was an unlucky loser on that day. Um, this is only her second start on turf. She looks like she's got a good bit of potential. You go back to her debut run behind um, Vale of Shadows. That ties in with Sapphire Seas for the for the, for the the Godolphin team, who's been running really well recently. And I think she's got potential for Mark of 87. I think she's just uh, just as unexposed as the favourite is, but she's a much, much bigger price. So for me, Queen Regent. She is indeed 15 to 2 Queen Regent. For John and Thady Gosden, Sheen Murphy back in the saddle. Um, Kev, I'll come to you next for this. Are you laying or playing the favourite? Um, we'll take on. Oh. Totnes will do for yes. me. Um, of course, every, no one will need me to remind them, but she was the flower of Scotland that bloomed the Chepstow in the racing league in the, in the colours <laughs> of Team Scotland, giving them their first winner of the competition. Um, really lifted <laughs> the spirits of Scotland. Really lifted the spirits of all of Scotland that evening. Um, magic it was. 
Um, and in fairness, she's been very she's been very progressive um, in recent starts. Very progressive, full stop. In fairness to her, and I don't think she's finished yet. Uh, she was beaten last time by Balance Play, who um, is fairly well booming himself um, in recent starts. And like she she didn't get the one hundred percent clear run that day. Um, and I, I feel there's more to come. The ground was testing. I think getting back on a, on a less testing surface is going to be a help to her. I like the setup of this race for her. Um, and I, I was surprised she was the type of price she is. Like I know we've got a bunch of three-year-olds here with progressive profiles um, in against some of the elders, but um, I, I thought she'd be shorter than she was now. So um, toughness will do for me. At around, around around the nine to one mark, she has been nibbled out a little bit in the market from sort of tens and twelves to start with. Uh, final word to you, Dan. Here, are you leaning away at the prices from the very unexposed favourite? Yeah, I think I think she. If I was doing a tissue for this race, I would make a favourite, but about that price, frankly, I might go back to the well with aiming high. That's my plan each way. Um, put her up at York, a big price. Where did she finish? Fourth. Did I get a return? No, because they were paying only three places. But she ran perfectly well against a pace bias. It wasn't a race where it was you wanted to be back there. She'd shaped well in similar circumstances at Sandown at the Sunday series, the final meeting there. What a day that was. Um, <laughs> and... Um, I, th- I think she's been in better form than a quick glance at those fairly uninspiring recent form figures would suggest, and she's a double-figure price. All right, then. Um, let's move on, and we will stick with you, Dan, for the Tattersall's October auction stakes, the big sales race at Newmarket on Saturday. It's the 2.05. It's over the six furlongs. Plenty of prize money up for grabs, as tends to happen in these sales races. And Zuli Chief is your even money favourite for the uh, Heather Mainyard, Gina Mangan in the saddle. But it's a funny old market. Woodhay wonder after that for Tom Ward at nine to two. Gray Gray is in there, but their bigger prices around around the nine to one mark, and then bigger prices for some more exposed types after that too. Um, so really, the market has it all about Zulu Chief. Do you have it all about Zulu Chief? Well, yeah, it was a it was a really good performance at your. It doesn't half put into perspective what a below power renewal this is. I think for. 150 yeah. grand. It was a it was a nursery off 86. Yes, he went off and and ran them into the ground. It was an impressive performance, and he, he'll almost certainly try and do the same. I think if you play in the race, evens makes no appeal. I mean, relief rally came did the goods in one of these, but we know it's not an exact science. Sometimes, uh, having said that, we'll go on to discuss the red car two year old version, which might well be a an open and shut case. But I think what knowing what Zulu Chief will do tactically makes me think I want to be with something that will be ridden a bit more patiently and maybe track the pace. And I hope Zulu Chief does plenty in front because that should bring in Midnight Runner's obvious stamina because he's run twice over seven furlongs already, but he's not actually bred to be. I mean, he's one of those, if you'd have seen him starting over seven, you might have gone, hang on, is he he a bit slow or something? Because he's a Cody bear from a family with some sprinters in it, like Crown Dependency. Um but I don't mind having that on side in a race like this where there's likely to be a strong pace. And he's 10s, big step up from first runs, massive step up. It must have been 30, 35, 40 pounds he made from first run to second. And second time out, the market expected it as well because he went off five to one. So 
And we, we know what Dodds is like with these sprinters. It's normally older ones, but it's not like you can't train a two-year-old sprinter either. No, Midnight Runner is a 10-to-1 shot currently for the Michael Dodds team. Daryl, um, do you find this as sort of strange, a trickier race as the market is kind of teeing it up to be at this stage? Well, I kind of believe that if Zulu Chief does what he did at York, he'll win. He, like I had him on the figures of running the fa- the joint fastest six furlong race over the entire York meeting. Like it was really impressive. But the thing with him is, it, is he killed the race by halfway. Like I'd love to see him over five because I think he's got t- tons of speed, but he killed the race at halfway. The difference between York and Newmarket is there's a big dip here about two furlongs out. And if he's he's not going to be able to kill the race by the time he hits that dip, and if he doesn't handle the undulating track here, look completely different to York, then he could, like Dan said, he could sort of fold up a little bit. But look, he's the one to beat. He's the obvious one. Evens doesn't appeal doesn't appeal to me. And I'm with Dan with uh, with Midnight Runner. All um, right. Yeah, I thought he was brilliant at Thursk. I thought he did so much wrong. He pulled for nearly the well for nearly three quarters of the race. He still had enough to switch out and switch again and then finish strongly at the death. Now, that was over seven, but given how he pulled there and still got home, I mean, I don't see dropping back to six being any sort of problem. He's drawn in nine, which is close enough to to the favourite uh, Zulu Chief that he's going to get a good toe into the race. Like Dan said, he, he, he took a massive step forward from, from Beverly to, to Thursk, and if he takes another big step forward, I don't think he's got a whole lot to find. Put it that way. And uh, the the time of that race at Thirst was only fractionally slower than Boiling Point, who granted one sort of ease down at the end. But Midnight Runner did so much wrong that you could sort of, you can get a sort of a level there. Boiling Point's rate 104. So I just think he's going to, I think he could potentially take a big step forward and the strong pace would definitely suit him. So as an each way stab, if you want to take on the favourite, hope that he sort of doesn't handle the track as well as he did at York, then uh, I would be doing it with Midnight Runner. Okay, and this race is paying an extra place with Betfair on the sportsbook as well. So that is something to bear in mind with the boys' selection of Midnight Runner at around around the 10. I can't believe I missed the obvious pun that I would Eileen towards Midnight Runner, given they did Come On Eileen as a song. There you are. Look at that. Um, Kev, we've got one group one to talk about on Saturday, and it's up next. Skip a race at Newmarket and move on to the 315 listeners and viewers out there. We are talking all things Sun Chariot. It's the mile group one for the Phillies and Mares. And in Spiral is your 10 to 11 favourite off the back of her Prujac de Marois win when we last saw her and those scenes in Deauville with Frankie de Tory. She's taking on its more French form. This is Mark. Keys to 7A is next best in the betting for the Andre Farb operation at 7 to 2, dropping down in trip back to the mile trip to her. She's done it over the 10, but we know she can operate at the mile as well. Meditating there at 15 to 2 is next best. We haven't seen her winning since her Breeders' Cup victory, which is starting to look quite a long time ago now. Heredia in there has done a few people a favor last couple of times at 9 to 1. Coppice, quick turnaround for her at 10s for John and Thay. Lady Gosden. Random Harvest has been a solid horse this season, but would need to step up at 16s. And then bigger prices after that. In Spiral, Kev, same question again. Are we playing her or are we laying her? Oh, she'll be a big opinion horse, Vanessa. Um, oh, look, she's got loads of talent, doesn't she? And 
not the easiest to work out. I, I couldn't believe she won at Deauville last time. It was a really punchy shout from um, from the Gosdens to back her up as quickly as they did after. You know, uh, it was an excusable, but a, but a pretty poor run at Goodwood. They backed her up 11 days later and she went and beat the boys looking as good as ever, um, possibly better than ever. Um, I, I wasn't expecting it myself. Um, so, look, she, she's a tricky one. But the question I'd raise is, is she as far clear of these as even money would suggest? I'm not sure she is. And just with her nature, um, you know, she does miss the kick. She does make things difficult for herself. You know, could I be encouraging anyone to take even money? No, is the quick answer. Um, and Maxi de Savenia, like her form's not that far behind. I know it's maybe doesn't have a doesn't have a sexier look of it as um as an spirals does. Um, she hasn't been doing it against the boys as such, but like, I think she's getting better away the whole time. I thought she was very good at Deauville last time, and that was over the ten furlong. She's coming back to a mile, but she won the Group One over a mile the time before in the the pre Rothschild, and uh, I just think there's probably too much between them, um, in in the betting. Look, I, th- I think she's very solid. I think that like tactically. They, they both might end up in a similar position. Um, and, you know, you could make the argument that Inspire might have a little bit more pace than her. But I think at the prices, um, if if Maxi de Savenia can pull her into the trenches a little bit late on, she might just be able to outstay her. Um, so at the prices, I'm favouring the French Raider for André Fab and Alexis Pochin, who is, if you're not familiar, is considered to be kind of the young rising star of the, the French weighing room. Yeah, the Billy Lockney, is that fair to say? Something no, like he's, he's he's much further along the line. He'd be kind of early 20s, um, has ridden Group 1 winners, including on this filly. Oh, really? oh yeah, he's only 17. Should be, Billy's only 17, yeah. <laughs> Give him a chance, Vanessa. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, it's interesting. Maybe Pochon's not quite... He's, I'm pretty sure he's 20 or 21, but um, yeah, Fab has been kind of keeping has been doing his best to kind of keep um keep a lid on him and, and not not you know send him up to the big time too quickly so yeah he's worth keeping an eye on he'll uh, he'll be riding plenty of big race winners i suspect maybe he'll ride this one all right then dan um are you as iffy on in spiral given how short she is at 10 to 11 in the market or is she now like i don't know if i'm starting to like Kevin's reference there, what a sort of surprise it was that they turned around so quickly after that disappointing mm. run at Goodwood and they actually went and put up the performance she did. And now I'm thinking, you know, when they they know how to, they really got a right that day, they're running her again here in another group one and she's a short price. Are we putting a bit of faith now in John and Thady Gosden that they've got her bang on again? Yeah, I do think the notion that she's completely unpredictable, like it seems to have slipped into people's minds doesn't it that oh you just can't predict from one race to the next i think it's been slightly it's easy, over it's easy to say that when she's disappointed that price is like 11 to 10 and yeah I, I think it's been slightly overblown but you've been asked to take 10 to 11 she'd been given time off she was clear i i was like kev i couldn't believe they were running her so soon and i was even more surprised when she came out and did what she did i think it is the best form in the race when she won the jack lamawa last year she came and ran in a QE2 at Ascot off a similar break and finished beating favourite at 11 to 10. So there is a bit of previous in this 
Philly's record that suggests she might not be definitely on it again. I'm, she's not got the same level of form as the other two at the moment, but I do think Heredia is absolutely in the zone. And if you've got eight running, which we're, we're way out from the, the start of this race, so you wouldn't be confident that there wouldn't be a non-runner. Um, but if you've got eight running, I'm sure she'll be placed. I mean, quickest ground, I'm hoping it continues to dry at Newmarket. She's got a turn of pace. She did at Sandown was great, just, I mean just acceleration to get into it. She's back in the best form she's been since she looked to group two, group one Philly, even when she was winning at Royal Ascot, et cetera, winning at York at the Sunday series. So I'm, I'm a massive fan of hers, always have been. And I'd rather back her each way with three places than certainly than back in spiral win only. All right. So we've got two votes away from Inspiral then at the price and Daryl I think you're probably going to add a third into the mix because I'm not sure 10 to 11 about Inspiral is your sort of price is it no it's not um it's worth noting though that I think this if Inspiral wins I think it'll be Frankie's 500th winner at Newmarket oh yeah that's been touted <clears throat> the yeah, other sort of interesting <laughs> so, so somewhere Tony Callaghan just went what was that I think I think the other interesting thing to note in here is that well Coppice was supposed to be off to America after her win in yeah. the Rosemary last time and they've decided to turn her out and, and roll the dice here eight days later now I couldn't say they would for the trees with Coppice unfortunately <laughs> wow it's, 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 I just think things like that are very strange do you know you know look Frankie's I know gone. Dan is very strange, definitely. <laughs> very strange fella. My brain is very strange. Yeah. <laughs> when I, I was I was listening to a other show and I heard How them talking you? about coppice, I know, coppice running here and the change of plan. And it just seems like when an operation like that has a change of plan, I often don't I I don't understand it and it wasn't explained, to be honest with you. Yeah, she's either bouncing at home, or they're just thinking, "We'll roll the dice. We might get a bit more money." I don't know. I don't know how it works. You, you guys are better. better or maybe she's, or maybe she's not bouncing, and they said, "Feck this, sending this one to America. Let's go down the road instead." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, perhaps. But I'm with Dan anyway. I'm with Dan with the Aredia. Uh, I've got the same fears about the price, uh, about the price, about the um, about the the dead eight runners. I'd be hoping um, all eight stand their ground. I just think she's flying at the moment. I think she's got such a lightly race profile. The way she put that race to bed at Sandow, I thought she did it more comfortably than the three-quarter length um, winning margin suggests. I think she's very much on the up. No problem at all with the track. The ground, drying ground will be in her favour. I think she's uh, feeling very much on a steep upward curve at the moment. And I think if you wanted to back her for a, for a Group 1 race, I think now is the time to do so. All Alexis right. Pocha is 23 years of age. Oh, wow, a lot older. Would have, would, have would have lost the bet there. I thought he was a couple of years younger. I was a lot older than I thought. Anyway, we move on. Uh, time is ticking away, guys. Uh, one race at Red Car to discuss, and it's their big race, the Red Car two-year-old trophy. It's the listed race. And if the previous two-year-old race was tricky to dissect, the sales race down in Newmarket, then this... I mean, Dan, I think you've already touched upon it. Dragon mm. Leader is the four to six favourite here for the Clive Cox Yard coming here off the back of that sales race run when we last saw him at Doncaster. He went off the seven to four favourite that day. He was beaten, but it was a solid effort. Here today, he's taking on the likes of Killian at 100 to 30. And after that, action point at bigger prices, 12s. I mean, 
there's a massive gulf in the market away from this leader. Does he just win, Dragon Leader? Yeah, I think on all known form, I've been, primarily I've been so disappointed with Killian since Sand. I think in hindsight, I possibly got a bit carried away with the visual impression when actually the quality of the form of that race just wasn't there. But I still don't think he's delivered twice in a row now. Could have been trip and ground combo of those on the last couple of starts. But I've, yeah, I've, I've, I've given up on him. One potential negative for Dragon Leader, and his presence doesn't half tell a tale because this is normally a 15-20 runner field. There's only 10 are going going head-to-head -head with him because presumably, unless there's not enough two-year-olds around, they've all been sold to Australia and Hong Kong. Presumably, <laughs> others are scared, scared off by him because he is a potential standout. But I can't say I've been across Red Cars flat racing this, this year, that's all I'll say, but... There was definitely something that emerged at the track where being in the low stalls was an advantage on the straight track and getting as close to the far rail was an advantage as well. So that might be his undoing, but he does have a lot in hand on the form book, without a doubt. Daryl, final word to you here. Given the draw in 10 for Dragon Leader and what Dan's just said there, are you in any way worried about Dragon Leader winning this? Uh, not really. The draw is a huge advantage. It's a huge advantage to be drawn out red car, like all season. And that's endured, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. I, mean, I was aware a year or so ago. It's so blatant. Yeah. Um, but I think given his quality, being on the outside when they all converge to the rail just might be a bit of a help for him to keep him out of trouble. And he just might get a clean, clean crack at it rather than sort of find himself in trouble falling with horses inferior horses falling into his lap so maybe maybe the draw is not such a such a bad thing for him in in this particular race um i'll just give a quick mention to the 100 to 1 outsider that's um tagar for michael dodds another michael dogs two-year-old um but this horse ran his best race here at red car finished on the bridle behind uh Hala emirati big evs and had seven questions in behind. And she was just crying out for six furlongs. Um, things didn't go to plan at York for whatever reason last time. But back here at Redcar, just given the muddling form of all the horses in this field outside of the big two, it wouldn't surprise me if Tagar outran her odds back here at Redcar. Um, got a bit to find, obviously, with a favourite. But take the favourite out and without market on the Betfair Sportsbook and see what price you can sort of have a look at with that one. All right, an honourable mention then. Guys, that wraps up the show. We just need your naps, please. Um, Kevin, I will come to you first for your nap of the weekend. Well, Saturday's racing on ITV. I'll go for a flying filly, Emirati Anna. <laughs> I, I winked if you're listening to that on a podcast format. Uh, yes, uh, I'll, I'll go for the, for the, for the, the flying gelding. <laughs> down in tri trip, down in class for Emiratiana. Daryl, your nap, please. Emiratiana in the 150. Oh, yes, come on. Doubling up. Wowee. Okay. And Dan, your nap. Come on, Dan. Please. One yeah. of us. One <laughs> of us. Well, I can't because I, I put up Corker, so that'll be a real turn of a They've all um, forgotten by now, Dan. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that, that, that takes on trust that they care what I say anyway. Um, 335 Ascot. You can read out the sponsor if you want, Vanessa. It's the Howden Challenge Cup. Yes, and I'm hoping... I'm not hoping. I'm I'm confident that Fresh is going to take a lot of beating in that. Oh, fresh had fresh. two votes for the for Kevin and Dan and goes in the naps as well. Right, guys, uh, thank you very much as always, the three of you. A joy as always. Don't forget, listeners and viewers out there, 
sportsbook offers this weekend completely free bet this weekend but you have to opt in and you need to do it responsibly there's also the bet five on horse racing multiples and get a free bet offer as well but again opt in read the t's and c's and do it responsibly that's it from us join us again on monday where we'll be back with i can never get that out right we will be back with wade in on monday and i'll be on my way back from the part of beach, you guys. I'm going over. Oh, oh stop. Another getaway. Yeah. Huh? Do you ever do any work, Ryan? Jesus, the I'm rest of us here with, with our shoulders worn raw from pushing the wheel so much. Uh, <laughs> yeah, off I'll go to the part of beach. Very excited about the Czech Republic's big steeplechase of the year. But for now, it is goodbye from us. Have a good weekend, everyone. <laughs>